1: morals and ethics i am your host joseph whalen and my fair-minded and ethical co-host madison whalen
2: hi everyone
1: how you doing today maddie
2: i'm doing all right how about you
1: i'm doing okay so today's topic was another one of your suggestions that we decided to do mm-hmm. <clears throat> what uh before we even get into it what possessed you to come up with this <clears throat> as a topic
2: Well, it was actually part of my research, um, when doing, um, when looking up podcast ideas for the pod- for the podcast, obviously, and, uh, the original one I had, uh, was Moral Dilemmas, um, and you kind of added ethics in there as well, so, um, I guess because it was a topic that we didn't really talk about and something I actually thought was going to be something that we could really get de- delve into, I kind of thought that it would be a good podcast.
1: So you didn't find yourself in a moral quandary or something like that and wanted to discuss that stuff?
2: I mean... We'll see if I'm in more, but I don't. <laughs> I don't personally know or feel I am. Fair you know,
1: enough. So. Fair enough. So today we are talking about morals and ethics. Uh, we'll talk about what are morals, ethics, and integrity, and why they are important m- in life. We'll take a look at some of the ethical dilemmas facing our teens, and discuss ways to train our teens to be more morally centered and ethical in how they conduct themselves. Finally, we'll do some role playing and pose questions you can ask teens to help lead your discussion on morals and ethics to better illustrate their decisions and the consequences associated with them. But before we do that, I would like to invite our uh, viewers and our listeners uh, to subscribe to the podcast. You can get audio versions of this podcast listed as Insights into Teens or you can get video versions of all the network's podcasts listed as Insights into Things. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and pretty much any place you can get a podcast these days. We'd also invite um, our audience to give us some feedback. Uh, we're always looking for suggestions for show topics, feedback on how we're doing. You can email us at comments at You can get us on Twitter at insights underscore things on Facebook. We're available at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast on Instagram. You can get us on instagram.com slash insights into things, where you can get links to all those and much more on our website at www. www.insightsintothings.com ready to get into it. Sure. All right. So, ethics, morals, and integrity. This week's uh, source for this is kind of an off-the-wall source that we haven't used before called MiddleEarthNJ.org. And uh, I kind of just stumbled across this one as I was trying to do some uh, research on the topic itself. And they start off by saying that our culture does not always seem to value integrity and our youth receive a lot of mixed messages about the merit of having good principles. Some teens have seen too many adults acting unethically to believe it's important. Many teens want to do good deeds, but they struggle to find the courage to quote, do the right thing at times.
2: Um, The fact is, teenagers make tough decisions every day, and peer pressure often makes it more difficult for them to choose the right path. Proving our youth vague... Providing? Providing our youth vague advice, such as do the right thing, does not provide them with the reasons and means to follow through, nor does it allow them the opportunity to think through the complexities of living responsibly in our culture.
1: So one of the questions that I had for you is how do schools treat ethics and morals and integrity are there uh less is it included in lesson plans or is this something that's sort of treat it with with special care and they don't talk about it all that much
2: um well you know teachers are always like telling you um what you should be doing and what is good and such um I think the only, like, real, probably the only real point where, like, it, we discussed, like, doing the right thing is with certain topics, like, with drugs mainly, like, we had the whole D.A.R.E. program when I was in fifth grade, and health focused a lot on, um, not doing alcohol or drugs, about the dangers of alcohol, drugs, and smoking and such, Um, and that's kind of the only, like, class I can think maybe taught us right from wrong and such. Um, but other than that, like, we were never really taught, like, there weren't classes where we were taught manners and such, um, and there weren't a lot of classes that gave us morals and such.
1: How about the anti-bullying? I know there's a lot of anti-bullying um, <clears throat> lessons and and I'll, I'll call it propaganda, but I don't mean that in a negative way. There's a lot of anti-bullying messages that are that are um, sort of reinforced in schools now. Did any of that come across as things that would teach you right from wrong and why you shouldn't bully and stuff like that?
2: I mean, a lot of it was like anti-bullying posts anti-bullying posters and such but the thing is they never really talked about why you shouldn't bully it's just a hey bullying is bad they never talked about like you know the effects bullying can have on people and like the extreme negative effects and i guess i can understand when we were younger because a lot of the extreme effects shouldn't really be talked about with kids but it's still it's they basically just said don't bully and that's it. They really didn't give reasons on why you shouldn't bully other than hey, you're not you're just going to not make the other kid happy and like you shouldn't do it because that, it's not morally right.
1: So when they talked about <clears throat> not doing drugs in the dare program, did they explain to you why you shouldn't or what the consequences of doing drugs would be?
2: Yeah, definitely. They used that to say why you shouldn't do drugs and they even talked about the specific types of drugs and why you shouldn't be using and why you shouldn't use any of the drugs and how some of them are illegal.
1: So they do, they did kind of uh, discuss the moral implications of, of drug use. Yeah. So, so there's some there. Now you had mentioned in last week's podcast about uh, kind of the messaging that we get from media now and, and how some of the messaging that we get that, sort of floods our attention, is really counter to to some of these things that are good for society, some of these ethics and morals. Talk a little bit about that and and what you meant by that and and what some of these examples are.
2: Um, Well, the main example I used, because we were talking about forgiveness, was the act of revenge and the fact that the media kind of shows revenge as being something that you should do. and something that doesn't really have consequences and just something that will make you feel better if you were wronged by somebody when in reality revenge is something that really shouldn't be done um revenge will will have consequences you might get that one bit of satisfaction but you can really get in trouble for revenge and it really doesn't help anyone in the long run
1: so what about from a moral standpoint from a deciding right from wrong and and developing your own sense of personal integrity how do you feel the media handles that
2: uh it's really kind of mixed at this point i know the media has definitely been like shunned for various um ideas they put in place to kids um and, like, a lot of um, mobile games, I think, have gotten flack for this. Um, for basically um, instilling bad ideas in kids. Because um, a lot of modern mobile games are kind of doing that. Um, and a lot, and I definitely think that the media is somewhat responsible for, in a way, bad behaviors that have been coming up. Uh, and they don't really do, and a lot of the media doesn't really have a lot of good morals that they discuss.
1: Too much. So, can you give me an example of something in the media, whether it's news, movies, television,, uh, YouTube, social media, whatever. Can you give me an example of something in the media? that actually sets a good example for morals and ethics for today's teens and adolescents?
2: Um, I'd say if you're looking for good morals, I would, um, say that mainly film and television are kind of doing it. I haven't really watched too much television, but film has kind of delved into slightly better morals. Uh, I can't think of any right off the top of my head right now. Um, and then again, I really haven't watched too many movies. But from the media I've heard, I definitely don't think um, certain aspects of the media are good for morals. And I definitely think there's a lot of improvement we need to make with that.
1: So let me just throw one example out there. And that is the, the very popular genre of superhero movies right now. Mm. And... You know, we'll look at Avengers, for instance, since the Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of dominating that scene right now. Do you think that they're casting uh, a sense or an image of decent morals and responsibility and ethics in how they portray their characters in film and television?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um... I can think of a few examples with um, one of their uh, shows, WandaVision, and how they perceived grief, because through the show, Wanda is experiencing grief, and you can see all the stages of grief. We've talked about it before on the podcast, and Wanda goes through all the stages of grief, from denial, um, sadness, anger, and acceptance they're all there and um that's something that it's been teaching and i actually think it's a decent moral
1: okay so i think that's a good foundation of where we're at right now with with ethics and morals and we're we're going to explore a little bit deeper uh with things specifically to pertaining to to teens we're going to take a quick break right now and when we come back we're going to talk about common ethical dilemmas that teens face (music) Welcome back to Insights into Teens. Today we're talking about morals, ethics, values, and all the good stuff. So there's a number of common ethical dilemmas that teens tend to face as they go through life. And one of which that we've talked about in the past already in, in a previous podcast, is cheating. Um, you know, this study goes on to say that cheating is epidemic in our schools, making it a common problem teens face daily. The importance placed on grades puts a lot of pressure on teens, which can give them the mentality that it's okay to do whatever it takes to succeed. Teens might give up peer answers to a test to please a friend or to fit in. Teens who might be penalized for getting a low grade, such as getting kicked off a sports team or losing some privilege from a parent, might justify cheating. Now, Obviously, you've already talked about cheating in some degree here, but have you ever experienced um, cheating at school or someone asking you for answers, or have you ever felt the urge to cheat because of pressure put on you to to succeed?
2: Um, I've never personally cheated myself, and I don't really think that anyone's ever tried cheating off of me. I think there have been times where people have kind of asked me like what they think my answer is, but other than that, no one does real I haven't really experienced cheating all that much in my school um, because the school does take precautions to not to make sure that no one cheats. Um, so personally, I've never really experienced it.
1: And you've never had the urge to cheat.
2: No, not really.
1: That's good. What's the next thing we have?
2: Next thing we have is lying. Teens often are often tempted to lie for many reasons, such as wanting to fit in with their peers, get out of responsibilities, avoid punishment, protect a fa- friend, hide their own bad behavior, and avoid disappointing someone.
1: Now, how do you feel about lying?
2: Um, I actually don't really know how I should feel about lying. I know a lot of lying is bad, but I don't know if I can say that it's necessary. But I don't know if I can say it's neces it's like if it's good in de- difference in it. it's confusing to me. I don't really know. I know a lot of in a in most instances it's really bad to lie, and I don't know if it's actually supposed to be okay to lie in other instances, but
1: So give me an instance where you don't know if it's okay to lie or not.
2: Uh I guess maybe when it comes to, like, mainly things with little kids, um, I just don't know how to, like, I don't know if, it, if I should tell them the truth about things. Like, let's say they're hamster or goldfish, you know, and um, how do you tell them to their face, like, that they're pets?
1: For the convenience of our listening audience, I think you mean if a pet dies.
2: Yes. If a pet dies, how do you, like, do you tell the kid that the pet died or do you just lie and say that it ran away or something?
1: I'm not sure either of those is really a good answer. Yeah. Um, because of the impact that it's going to have. And I think you make a valid point that it's kind of age dependent there. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the general rule of thumb is if you lean towards the tell the truth side of things, that's probably the best way to go. Because in a situation like that, you, one, don't want to perpetuate a lie. Yeah. Because that's never good. And on the other hand, they're going to feel the loss either way. Mm -hmm. So if you tell them the truth, you can then be the one that's there to help them get through those difficult emotional feelings of feeling that loss. So, you know, we never hid the deaths of pets from you, did we? No. And you've had some, uh, adverse feelings. You know, you, you were very sad when Fluffer passed away, but you know, mommy and daddy could have lied to you about that, but it was important. It's an important lesson to learn, you know, loss in this specific instance, loss is a a part of life. Um, you can't, as much as you don't want your, your friends and your loved ones to feel that hurt, you can't shelter them from it. Yeah. Um, they're going to feel it eventually. So if you care about them, the best thing you can do is to help to guide them through it. So in that case, you probably wouldn't want to lie. Yeah. There are times that you don't want to tell the truth, I'm sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, and and some people would refer to those as lies of omission. Uh, but if, if mommy comes to you and has a dress on and you don't really like the dress and she says, how do I look? What do you do? Yeah. You know, at that point in time, you can be honest and maybe hurt her feelings. You can lie to her and think that the dress doesn't look good and then let her go out and let other people think the dress doesn't look good. But you can also err on the side of honesty with constructive criticism.
2: Yeah, that's the one thing I definitely wanted to bring up because, like, another instance I kind of came up with was, like, if, like, your kid had, like, made a drawing of you and um, your kid wasn't like Picasso or something. He didn't really – he used a bunch of crayons for it and you don't really know whether to say that it's good or bad to – um, tell the truth or not. Um, and that's kind of how you are with my art. Like, if I show you my art, if there are certain aspects you don't like, you instead turn it into constructive criticism.
1: That's a very good point. You know, I don't want to lie to you and tell you you're the greatest artist in the world because if you're not, then you'll never get better and get to be the best, greatest artist in the world. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I like about the things that you've done, the things you created, and then I'll try to help guide you to, the, to maybe fix the things that aren't so great. And let's be honest, I'm not an art critic. You know, my tastes are different than other people's tastes. What I like and don't like might be different than what the next person likes or doesn't like. But I'll be honest about what I think. And it's not just about the end product there either. It's also about the effort and the feeling that went into doing it. You know i have a rock downstairs on my desk that you gave me i don't know if it was for father's day or my birthday that was your artistic expression of your affection for me it's not a picasso it's never going to be it was never intended to be but the feelings that you put into that rock mean a lot to me so i keep it because it means a lot to me so Again, it's one of those things where you don't have to lie to someone, but you, have, you, you can appreciate it for the aspect and the thought behind it. Mm-hmm. So it allows you to be honest. So the next thing that we have is snitching, what they, what they call snitching. In the teenager world, snitching is perceived as a betrayal of your peers and can lead to harsh rejection. Teens often know they should tell an adult if they see someone stealing, cheating, using drugs, bullying someone, or acting suicidal. But the fear and the, of the consequences from the peers is difficult to overcome. Have you ever had a situation where you saw somebody do something that was either bad, illegal, against the rules, or harmful, and went to an adult and tried to stop that?
2: Um, there were instances where I, uh, where that did happen. Um, because I do remember instances where people were kind of doing mean things to me, and I would go to the teachers about it. Um, I guess mainly because they weren't like around my age, because I was around a lot of younger kids, and a lot of younger kids kind of annoyed me and would do like, and would like take my toys and such. So I would pretty much just tell the teacher.
1: Well, and the other thing to keep in mind there is that if someone's doing something to you and you complain to an authority about it, it's kind of a self-serving act on the surface. Yeah. But in reality, you could be preventing them from then doing that same abuse to someone else. And I think when I think of this, I think of any kind of violent act, bullying, um, spousal abuse, something like that, where if you see someone harming someone or something, like if someone's out there damaging someone's property, well, if you just turn the other cheek because it's not your problem and it's not your property, it might very well be your property tomorrow or your neighbor's property the next day. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have a moral obligation at that point in time to bring that to an authority and let them know what this person is doing because you know what they're doing is wrong and they need to be stopped,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: especially if it's physically harming someone because if you walk down the street and somebody's getting beat up by someone and you don't want to get involved and you just keep going because you don't want the trouble, well, the next day they could be beating somebody else up or really harming someone else, and then you're partially responsible for that for not acting. Mm -hmm. You don't have to intervene and try to stop them there, but you have to at least alert someone in, th- in an authoritative position of what's going on and let them do something about it. Mm-hmm. So it's not snitching when you're doing the right thing. Yeah. That's the important thing. What's the last one we have?
2: The last one we have is, is experimenting. Youth face the ethical dilemma of choosing whether to smoke, drink, alcohol, or to try other drugs. Teens can develop many justifications for experimenting with these substances, and they face a significant amount of peer pressure in this area.
1: Now, this is something that you've not faced a lot of, and I'm kind of grateful that you haven't, but it's something that's probably going to become more likely for you to encounter as you get into high school, because you're going to face a lot more peer pressure. And that experimenting could be something that's harmless. Or it could be something that's habit forming, or something that's flat out dangerous to you. What are your thoughts on this? What, like, what is your stance on? Let's talk about substance abuse, just in general. What are you? What's your stance on it?
2: I definitely feel substance abuse is horrible, and they always, and like school always tries to tell you, don't do drugs because it will be harmful. It's not going to be fun, and they mention how people other people can really influence your decisions in that area and like this said before peer pressure is really vapid in this area like you could be out with your friends who you've known for a little while and like one of them could like bring out a pack a pack of cigarettes and like and light that and basically like ask you guys if you want to have a smoke and like, because you have been friends with these people for so long, and because everyone else is doing it, you feel obligated to do it as well because you've just, you've, you're have friends, and you feel as though if you're not going to do it, they'll, you'll be an outcast to them.
1: Yeah, there was a group of friends that I hung around with when I was in high school, um, and, and I got along with just about every demographic that was in high school. I never really had anyone that I, I couldn't sit down and have a conversation with. But there was this one particular group that was in my town that I used to hang around with, and two of the people smoked and they smoked as though they were adults. They'd go out, they'd buy their own cigarettes and they'd smoke and they would ask, but they would ask almost out of a courtesy of whether or not I wanted one. And I always said no. I lived with a mother and a father who smoked, and I, to this day I thank them for completely turning me off from ever wanting to smoke. But I could tolerate being around my friends who did smoke. Well, one day, one of them pulled out, not a tobacco cigarette, but a marijuana cigarette. And they lit up and they asked me if I wanted to share in it. And, and I had no desire whatsoever to share. And there was, an initial sense of peer pressure of, you know, come on, you know, what's it going to hurt? Just relax, lighten up, that sort of thing. And when I made it very clear, quite firmly, that I had no interest whatsoever in it, it stopped. And I think if they're really your friend and you make it very clear that you're not judging them for what they're doing, but you have no desire to do it, that's usually the easiest way to stop the peer pressure. And, in, and if, if they're going to ostracize you and, and cause you to be an outcast because of that.
2: They're not your friend. They're not your
1: friend. And that's a very easy way to test whether they're your friend or not. Mm-hmm. So. so with so many challenges, how can we help our youth to value integrity and pursue ethical actions? Well, like so many other values you want to instill, you have to train them. So what are some of the ways that we can train teens to be ethical thinkers?
2: So one of the ways is focus on values. Our culture exposes teens to many negative messages. Movies, TV shows, and news stories frequently highlight the bad behavior of adults. As a result, our positive messages of good values must be more powerful, more frequent, and more compelling than, other, than those other messages. Whenever you see positive ethical stories in the media, news, movies, etc., or in the books they read, bring them up and talk about them.
1: What are your thoughts on that? Do you find we do a decent job?
2: Um, you guys personally? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You guys um, definitely try and give me... Um, at least try and keep me um, morally well. Um, you definitely focus on the good values. And this podcast is one of the main things because um, I have now focused more on the good values than I really ever had before.
1: Yeah, and it's tough. Today it's really difficult for parents and, and a lot of it's to blame on technology. You know, when I was growing up, my media exposure was extremely regulated compared to what we had today. We didn't have all the TV channels, we didn't have on-demand, we didn't have the internet. You know, we had radio, we had TV, and we had movies. And all those had some kind of governing body. There wasn't, the only place that you would have uh, questionable or ambiguous morals injected into what I consumed was if I was with friends, and it was that peer pressure. But nowadays with the internet and social media, and streaming media and everything else, it's everywhere. And parents can very quickly get overwhelmed by this. You know, there's, there's a couple of things. One, if you try to regulate it to your teens, you're going to resent it. You know, if I tell you, you can't go on YouTube anymore, that's going to make you want to go on YouTube even more. And the tighter we we try to control that stuff, the more you're going to want to, the average teen, I'm saying, the the more the teens are going to want to access that stuff. So it's tough for parents, but parents have to be active and you have to kind of be the loudest influence out there to get the attention of your teen now because there's so many things vying for your teen's attention. Mm -hmm. The next thing they talk about is label them good. We need to help our youth define themselves as good people who are learning. This requires frequently telling teens that they are good people. When they make a mistake we should state that it's a simple detour from a path that they can return to never label your teen a cheater a liar or a thief remind them that they're good and help them back to the ethical path additionally make sure you tell your teens that you value being honorable and responsible more than any other measure of success such as good grades and and i I hope this is kind of what mommy and daddy do for you and make you understand that while we're exceedingly proud that you bring home A's, we don't want you to, to succeed academically if it means sacrificing your morals and your ethics to do so. You understand what I mean? hmm So you're doing a great job as it is. You're working hard. Keep up the good work and... You know, make sure you're doing the right thing whenever you can. Mm-hmm. What's the next thing we have?
2: Next thing we have is help them find their contribution in the world. When an individual discovers a way to help others or make their community a better place, they will find true meaning and purpose, which solidifies, which solidifies their moral identity. Help your teen learn to use their own interests and strengths to improve the lives of others or s- serve the community.
1: This is probably an area we could improve on. We're pretty self-contained. And right now, a lot of that has to do with the pandemic. Uh, But as you get into high school, there's going to be opportunities for you to volunteer. You know, uh, Sam, for the longest time, worked at a soup kitchen and and helped feed people. And I think there's a lot of opportunities for you. When I was a little bit older than you, I, I was a volunteer for the fire company. And I helped out with stuff for the fire company and and take care of things so there's going to be opportunities that come up for you that i that it's important that you take advantage of those opportunities not only does it help to advance your your academic career but morally it's good for you to see how you can help others and helping others makes you feel good there's a there's an absolute benefit to it
3: mm-hmm.
1: they talk about offering a broader perspective When facing a decision, all humans typically start with determining which choice is most beneficial to themselves, and that's human nature. Mm. Help your team broaden that framework by using stories or your own experiences to discuss how your choices impact others, our schools, the communities we live in, and even the long-term greater good of society since the whole ethical picture can help teens stop before they do something they'll later regret. It's also a good idea to point out the joys of doing the right thing, like helping people out. There's a, there's a makes you feel good when you do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the reasons that I enjoy the work that I do, I work in IT, and one of the benefits that I get to do is fix problems for people and help people and, you know, resolve issues that they have, and even if they don't show the gratitude, the fact that I'm able to, f- to solve people's problems is very rewarding for me. It's it's a big benefit. What's the next one we have?
2: Next one we have is express confidence in their ability to make ethical choices. People often live up to others' expectations of them. If you tell your teen not to do drugs, but they say you'll think they will probably do But then, say, you think they will probably drink alcohol at a party, you have told them you expect them to fail. Instead, instead, convey your certainty that they have the strength, values, and determination to make an ethical choice even when it's difficult.
1: Do you feel we do that for you?
2: Um... Uh, considering the fact that whenever, you know, mommy breaks out a thing of wine after a tough day and I kind of freak out, um, I think you are doing it maybe to an, an extreme extent, but you know.
1: Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, there are things that are age appropriate at different ages Mm -hmm. and wine would not be appropriate in our society at your age, you know, in Europe, it, it, would be, Um, but in Europe, wine is something that you drink as a beverage you don't drink to get drunk. Mm -hmm. And over here, adults drink wine as a beverage, not necessarily to get drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, There are health benefits to certain alcohols as well. You know, there are antioxidants in wine, so there's there's a health benefit to it. But not to confuse the morals of it, if you're under 21, you should not be consuming alcohol. That doesn't mean that because somebody is consuming alcohol and they're over 21 that you need to get uptight about it. Yeah. Adults can make that choice because, like we talked about last week, our brains develop at different stages in life and we can make those decisions more clearly. hmm So, you know, mommy and daddy are very confident in your ability to make the right choices That confidence is going to be tested as you go through high school because there's going to be a lot more tough choices you're going to have to make. We, I think I can speak for myself. I don't want to speak for mommy, but I am confident that you'll look at things objectively and make the choice that you feel is the right choice. It's up to mommy and daddy to make sure you understand the difference between the right choice and the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. So that's and it's a continuing, evolving process. The last thing they talk about is create open communication. One of the best ways to help you think through ethical dilemmas is to ask them open-ended questions. These questions, which can make great dinner conversations, get them thinking about different situations they may face in life and also allow you to share your values without lecturing or preaching. That's one thing that I will say I'm guilty of a lot of times, even on this podcast, is lecturing. Mm. Um, It's probably not the best technique, but it's one of those things where I try to not just talk about something, but relate personal experiences to kind of give some credence to what I say. Like, I've lived through a lot of these things. And it's so much easier to learn from someone else's mistakes than to make the mistakes yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be the first to admit I've made a lot of mistakes in life. So I would much rather you learn from mine than you have to make them yourself. Okay. So I think that was all we had uh, on our um, ways to train your teenager. We're going to come back and we're going to kind of do a question and answer session and role play. And I'm going to throw some questions questionable moral situations at you and see how you'd answer them and then we'll we'll work through those. We'll be back after this.
2: All right.
0: Insights into entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. check out our video episodes at youtube.com backslash insights into things our audio episodes at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com or check us out on the web at insightsintothings.com
1: Welcome back to Insights into Teens. Today we're talking morals and ethics, and we're going to play a little bit of what would you do? Okay, you ready? Sure. So what would you do if you saw a kid cheating off of your test paper?
2: So my first reaction would probably be just like trying, just like giving the kid a look, like quit it and like covering my paper up um, to stop them from looking if they didn't stop, then I'd probably tell the teacher. Um, I definitely wouldn't go to the teacher um, right away, because I don't... If he became a distraction, or if he just what, just kept on doing it, I would then tell the teacher, because then it kind of got to the extreme. i try, like, making him stop myself, but if he didn't, then I'd just go to the teacher to okay, get some more Okay, so authority.
1: you're not going to propagate it. You're not going to help him continue to cheat. No. Okay. What would you do if you saw your friend starting to make fun of someone?
2: I'd probably ask them, like, what the heck? Why are you making fun of people? Um, why ex- What's your motivation for this? Is something up, guys? What? What did this, did this person do anything? What's going on? Okay. I would just ask questions. I wouldn't, like, get... I would get upset at them, but I wouldn't, like, immediately stop being friends with them. I just want to know why they were doing it.
1: Okay. What would you do, and we already kind of addressed this, but what would you do if your best friend was wearing something you thought was ugly and asked she asked how she looked?
2: I'd probably not say off the bat that I thought she looked bad. I'd more or less um, say what I think... Um, I'd probably just say what I think she could maybe change about the outfit um, to make it look not not as bad. So
1: constructive criticism. Yes. Okay, that's a good answer. What would you do if someone put on a movie that you know isn't good for you to watch?
2: I'd probably ask them to pause it, and then I'd probably want to have a conversation with them, like, why— are we watching this movie? We really shouldn't be watching this. Um, and if they still wanted to watch the movie, I'd probably say, you know what? If you want to watch the movie, fine. I've tried convincing you, but I'm going to go into another room now.
1: Okay. What would you do if you saw someone, a friend of yours, shoplifting?
2: Um, I'd try telling them, hey, put that back. Or, or if that didn't work, I'd probably have to go to... Le- I'd probably mention it to somebody.
1: Okay. So you'd take it to an uh, authority at that point. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. What would you do if your friend was being abused in a dating relationship or by their parent, but they asked you not to tell anyone?
2: I would tell them that it would be better if we, I would try to convince them that it is better to tell someone about this because you would be able to get out of that bad relationship easily, and if it did get into something bad, you could you could bring it to the authorities if you needed to.
1: I think that's sound advice. What would you do if someone offered you the answer key to a test you have to take?
2: I'd say no, because I more than... Because I would feel confident in myself, and I would also try... If And I'd also probably try influencing them not to cheat off of it, because I would more or less say that I know that they're capable enough of doing it, and I'd say that they don't need to use it. Um, and I'd say that it would be better not to cheat off of it and, it, and, you know, just try convincing them not to cheat.
1: So you'd coach them in the confidence? Yeah. Okay, I think that's a good answer. I didn't expect that. Uh, what would you do if you knew you could get someone you really don't like into trouble by telling a lie about that person?
2: Um, I'm not really one to start gossip, so I'd probably not tell the lie and hurt that person. Um, Even if I didn't like them, I wouldn't resort to straight-up gossip or just tattletaling on them. I would more or less just leave that person alone and basically be like, okay, if they don't mess with me, I won't mess with them.
1: But if they mess with you, you get revenge.
2: No. Okay. Even if they don't mess with even if they mess That's with That's kind me, of what
1: you were suggesting.
2: Even if they mess with me, I won't mess with them. Okay. I'll be the bigger person.
1: There you go. Take the high ground. Like Anakin did.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, I have the high yeah, <laughs> one did. did. Yeah. I have the high ground, Anakin.
1: <laughs> uh, what would you do if you found a twenty dollar bill on the hallway floor at school?
2: I'd probably bring it to the principal's office and see if they could maybe locate it. Um um if not, I would still just bring it.
1: Okay. And what would you do if a, Fred, a friend, not Fred, it, your <laughs> friend could be named Fred, I don't know. <laughs> what would you do if your friend said he sometimes thinks about killing himself?
2: Well, I would definitely say that that's not going to be good in any sense. And I'd also offer him to go to, you know, a therapist or call a suicide prevention um thing because that's really something that you really shouldn't do and that's really bad and you shouldn't kill yourself or even and if you have thoughts of it you need help
1: yeah that's actually a podcast that we we've got in development now that's one of those that's a little more sensitive and i want to make sure we do it right Mm -hmm. so we're not ready to do it just yet Uh, let's see. What would you do if your friend asked you to lie about something so they didn't get caught?
2: I'd probably ask them, like, what they they would get caught for and exactly why they think, um, it would be good to lie about it. And also ask them what they think the long-term consequences would be of them lying instead of telling the truth now and getting it over with.
1: Okay. That's a very analytical approach to it. I like that. The last one that we have here, and I think you p- passed this test with flying colors. What would you do if you knew you could get accepted into a very good university by lying about your application? Or I pr- lying on your application?
2: I probably wouldn't lie on my application. Um- Even if it was like a really good university, I would still be fine just going to a regular one. I definitely don't think I would want to lie on my application because that would have really long-term consequences, especially if it's for universities. So I definitely say um, I would not lie and I would just stick with whatever university I can get into.
1: Okay. And I think all your answers to these questions were certainly on the moral and ethical side, they weren't too ambiguous. So as you're having these conversations with your teens, keep in mind that the fastest way to get a teen to clam up is to express disapproval, judgment, or horror at something they say. Remember the teens often say things for shock value, but it doesn't necessarily mean they'll follow through. Whatever your teen tells you, stay calm, Focus on hearing your teen's viewpoint completely and understanding their thoughts before you even say a word.
2: When you are ready to share your opinion, avoid using sentences that start with you. Stating you should be or you need to causes your teen to become defensive. Use I statements to express your thoughts, such as I wonder what what would have happened if you or I think it could be helpful to... You're, you are trying to pr- prompt your teen to think ethically, so realize that this conversation may plant seeds that get them to consider approaching the situation in a new way.
1: And how do, how do those phrases sit with you? Do you think that's an accurate statement?
2: Yeah, I definitely think that just saying you should have basically is having your parent blame you, and I know a lot of times teens don't really like being blamed all that much. Um, And I definitely think that the I the the I think or I believe statements um, are definitely a lot better because um, you are suggesting it at least. And it doesn't feel like you are completely disapproving or, um, you know, blaming um, us. And it's more or less just a something to think about from your parental figure.
1: Right. That's very well said. I think that's all we had for today. I hope this was helpful for folks. Uh, We'll be right back to get your closing thoughts. Alrighty. Go for your closing thoughts.
2: Okay, so to everyone out there, I wanted to say that um, it's very important for teens to have good morals and ethics, and a lot of it needs to be influenced by parents. The media is... Unless the media has a sudden change of heart, a lot of the media is going to revolve around really bad morals and things that teens shouldn't be doing. Um, and parents are really big influencers in this area, along with schools as well, and I definitely think we need to promote more of what teens should be doing and also talking more about the consequences of what they do if they don't do something morally right, instead of just saying, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, and, you know, try these um, what-if cen- what if scenarios and, you know, talk with your teen about this. And remember, don't use, don't sound like you're blaming your teen. Just give them suggestions.
1: Okay. Sage's v- advice as always. Thank you. Before we go, I do want to remind folks, you can get high-res versions of our videos on YouTube at youtube.com slash insights into things. We do stream five days a week, both on Twitch and YouTube. On Twitch, you can catch us at twitch.tv slash insights into things. If you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you do get a free um, monthly Twitch Prime subscription. If you threw that our way, we'd be grateful. You can also get all your versions of this podcast on the web at podcast.insightsintoteens.com or you can get links to all of our sites, all of our Social media on our website at www.insightsintothings.com. That's another one in the books. We're out.
3: Mm -mm. Oh, oh, I'm
1: sorry. (laughs) Uh, See, look, and I went all script. That's what the problem was. (laughs) And you.
2: And don't forget to check out our other two podcasts, Insights into Entertainment, hosted by you and Mommy, and Insights into Tomorrow our Monthly Podcast, hosted by you and my brother Sam.
1: See, that'll teach me to change things up at the end there. (laughs) Now we have another one of the books.
2: Bye, everyone.
1: Bye.